takes out a lot of our younger people, but man, you're looking around, it's like, man, there's just so many great faces, not that you're, no one's not great, but you know what I mean, it's just great to see so many faces uh, still here and smiling and uh, yeah, spending some time together worshipping. Hey, thank you for the, the, the singers and the band and I just love it, hey, I just love the, yeah, so thank you, thank you Joe for leading that off. Yeah, give them a round of applause, I'm just going to move a little water bottle here. But I just love that we can just, we can all put in and, and I guess as a whole congregation just, I don't know, it's just doing it together with God and, and uh, that is awesome, so thank you. Um, as you just saw, Love Dates and Heartbreaks, uh, which is a series, this is number two in our series, I think we've got four, I think, uh, or so in this series. So before we go on, you're thinking, well, I'm, you know, if you're a, a little older or a, your hair's similar colour to mine underneath, um, uh, whatever else may be on top of that, um, you, <laughs> that was a little, um, no, it wasn't, no, no, anyway, just move on. Um, then, you know, th- but there's something in this for everyone, so it doesn't matter whether you, you know, still at school or you're engagement type scenario or a dating scenario or yet to date or you're old like me uh, and you've been married for how many years is that Sarah? Yep, so 24 years. Um, uh, then, um, you know, there's still something in this for everybody uh, and, and what I love, what I do love is when we can look, look at the Bible and look at the words that God has given us, genuinely saying this in it and you can actually go, huh, there's some real wisdom in that and my life can be better because of it and we've used the line and we've, we've robbed this off other people but you know it doesn't just make our life better it makes us better at life and 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 that's what we're trying to achieve here with our series and it's all about relationships and yes we're talking sort of romantic relationships specifically but it is also very much any relationship whether uh you know whether that's just your mates whether it's you know your children and your family or you know mums and dads or wh- wherever the relationship is it's interesting because if you think about it if, if you thought, what brings you the most joy? And ask somebody who has lived a pretty good life and, have done, and has done lots of things, but are in their senior years or, you know, things aren't, you know, towards their end of their, of their years, and you said, what's the, what's the thing that brings you the most joy? I would suggest it's probably almost every time, if not every time, they would talk about people. They would talk about the families. They would talk about the relationships they had. Uh, I don't think, you know, when it really boils down to it, um, not too many people would say, oh, no, family's not important or the people aren't important it's all about the things I did or the achievements or the accol- you know it's it's nearly always I would say pretty much always about the people so so it's a good thing to get right okay because I think and if you think about it the thing that brings people the most joy if it's relationships if you flip that around then got a bit serious for a moment it's probably the thing that brings the most pain can also be relationships can be the breakdown of relationships and and doesn't matter on what level that might be uh that you know if you're you know if we're a primary school kid which we're none of you here at the moment but you know if they're a primary school kid in the playground when they're having a bunny miss pratt tell us about it you know like trying to sort out the issues um there's a little thing that happens at in chaplaincy um that it i don't know there's this phenomenon right after lunch you'll see four or five year eight girls walk into the office all right, and then it's like, it's like all of a sudden all the chaplains disappear. Like no, no one's around. Like, not quite. That's not true actually. So if you've got a year eight girl, could we do love you? But but it's like you know, there's going to be the story. It's going to be well. My I heard my boyfriend saying this about you know or whatever it might be. All right, and then there's just tears. And, and look, don't get me wrong, we do care for those people too. But but it's like you know, there's, there's all sorts of that sort of drama that happens. But it's what I'm trying to get at. It's it's often around the thing that hurts the most is often around the relationships and the breakdown of relationships, that's what brings real pain. So, if that is the case, 
then wouldn't it be a good idea if we could try and get that right? Now, here's the rub, right? Because when we're at, when we, you know, when we, when we do life, when we're four or five years old, um, for those, you know, there's a few families in here that have those sort of younger kids, when you're four or five years old, you, you know, you pack your first little school lunch and you send them off to kindy and the kids say, bye mum and you cry a lot and all that sort of stuff. And then, and then, you know, they begin their learning process and we invest a lot of time and a lot of money into, into giving them an education. And that goes for the next 12, 13 years and then for many of us, you know, go to university and study again or, or you go and do a trade, but even while you trade, you're you know, doing a trade or something similar, you're learning skills and you're, and you're putting all this effort into becoming a better person for whatever, in whatever field that you're trying to achieve in. That may not be as we said before, it might not be the thing that actually brings you the most joy, right? The thing that brings us the most joy, if that is the case, if you believe what I'm saying, is relationships and how intentional are we at putting effort in to learn about relationships? Quite often, it's sort of just like, oh, well, uh, you know, when your kids grow up, you know, like myself, um, sort of just starting to do that leave home sort of time, um, it's just like, well, I hope it works, you know, like, you know, th where's the, there's not a whole lot of intentionality. Yeah, I guess there, there's certain things, of course, they pick up along the way, but, but it's one thing that often we don't get super intentional um, about. But there are some things, and we're going to look at a few things today, which I think, I truly think, when we go, if we have a, you know, have, have a bit of a moment to stop and pause and go, huh, where am I at? What could I do better here? Um, you know, and, and I think, you know, the wisdom that God gives and has given a couple today, um, but, but some others as well, then I think there's some great advice that we can give uh, and can take on board so that we can, um, yeah, be better at life and do, do life better. All right, so last week, last week, we, uh, oh, there, we there we go, we went through um, Virco, Pastor Sean, uh, was up here and he talked about, he started off the series and he had a couple of myths that he was trying to dispel, I guess. And the first myth, and I'll just do a little recap, so if you weren't here, you can sort of catch up real, real fast and then we'll move on. The right person myth. Now, the right person myth is not about the, oh, you have that one person that you need to find and they're the right person for you and, you know, you just have to you know, spend, your, spend your whole life finding it. No, the right person myth is once you meet the right person, everything will be all right, okay? That's a myth. Think about it. Quite often we think, you know, if we can just find the right person, then all the relationship problems, and if you think about it, if you've, if you've been through the dating process, and if you haven't yet, well, that's, that's okay, sit back and listen and try and take on board what, what some of the things uh, that we're speaking about today, uh, and it'll make sense when you're older, so to speak, Mum. Um, Ethan. Um, so, <laughs> anxiety's already there. Okay, but the, the, the myth, right, is when I find that right person, when I find the person, it's going to be all right. It's, it's, it's going to be all, it's because that person, right, when you're thinking about this, um, that person is, is the, the perfect person and they're going to help me be right and, they're gonna, and it's just going to be all right after that. However, have you ever stopped to think that if both of you are just thinking, well, it's going to be all right once we're together, but the fact is, if you're not quite perfect, none of us are, and this person over here is not quite perfect, of course they're not, no one is, then when you come together, you're still not perfect and there's still going to be issues in the middle and there's still going to be problems you're going to need ironing out and if you're not intentional about it, then it's not going to be what you may have dreamed of. So the right person myth, which we were trying to spell, is once you meet the right person, everything will be all right. Have you ever thought about, and have you ever sort of sat back and gone, I wonder if I, I wonder if that, you know, me as a person, 
if I'm the right person? Am I the perfect person for someone else? And you say, probably not. We don't think about changing ourselves. We're just always looking for that right person. So anyway, so that's the, that's the right person myth. The right person myth says, it's not going to be, well, we're trying to bust that myth and we're going to say it's not going to be all right. You're still going to have to put some effort in. You're still going to have to work on yourself to be a person that's going to really enhance the relationship, that's going to make life uh, much better. All right, I don't think my little ticket's working with that. Not that maybe I said it wrong or things not to say or whatever. Anyway, here we go. Number two. A promise replaces the need for preparation. So think about this. A promise replaces the need for preparation. So the myth is that, that all we have to do is we need to find that person, whether they're perfect or not perfect. Um, but we, once we find that person, <laughs> I found the reason. Here it is. Disregard. <laughs> Don't give back. doesn't matter. Um, yeah, take it down. Just technical issues. What happens when you're running not so on time? Here it goes. Um, thank you. This is the need for preparation. That once we stand up and we say, I do, if I am really, really committed, if I'm genuinely 100%, I'm all in, like being honest, and well, I think we can do that. That's, that's a, you know, I'm 100% in. I, when I stand up, when I get married on that day, I say I do. I'm going to, you know, for better or for worse, I really mean it and I'm going to be there. I'm going to get there. And that is enough. See, the problem with that is, it's not always, well, rarely is that enough. That's the problem as it works. Um, I'm, gonna just, I'm just going to add a little bit of masculinity to the Love, Dates and Heartbreaks series here, right? Because it, it, like, let's be honest, like when it talks about romance, often we can sort of feminise it a little bit. Of course, it, there's blokes and, you know, but I just thought I'd put a bit of, anyway, it doesn't matter, masculinity into this. Right, so, so I'm going to go to football, right? That's basically where I'm going. I'm just using this as an excuse to go to sports. Right, so this guy here, Tim Tebow, um, he's an NFL player, retired, although we were talking this morning, maybe he's coming out of retirement, but, but he's like, he's pretty well, um, he has a lot of achievements in, as a quarterback in, in the NFL in America, all right, so not many people may know about him, not, um, is Lakeham here? He would know about him, poor bloke, no, he's not here, um, he's off with the kids. Um, but this guy, right, very well renowned because every time he, before he plays, he takes a knee and he prays, all right, he prays before he goes in. And in fact, he's so well renowned at this that every time he just, it's just his thing. And he's really genuine. He's a really genuine Christian. He's a philanthropist. He gives money to like sort of all these charities and he's trying to do, you know, he's, he's a really neat, neat guy. Um, but he takes a knee. In fact, Tim Tebow is his name. They actually coined this thing called T-bowing, right? Because that's what he does. It's a T-bow. All right. He's T-bowing and that's actually people follow him and, you know, take a knee and pray before they play, uh, all that sort of stuff. So he does it that much that, and that regularly that, that people take... Uh, you know, have, have coined this phrase, T-bowing, um, because, you know, praying before they play. My point here is, I'll join the dots, is praying enough? Like, for, for, the, for someone like this, is praying enough to help them perform? Um, this is a bit of a thing that's taken off in the NRL, I'll bring it into Australia, uh, where you see, and you never used to see this at all in the camera uh, popularity, and that is even in the NRL, where you've got... Um, guys who run around and like to, you know, beat each other up uh, for 80 minutes, uh, who then get together at the end and put their arms around each other and pray, and thank God for, you know, hopefully to give them God the glory. Um, praying and playing. But the question is, even as sincere as that is, and that is cool, right, I'm not, not bagging that at all, even as good as that is, is just a prayer going to help you perform? Or do these guys still need to train? 
but these guys still need to put in a whole bunch of preparation that is so that they can perform yes i believe prayer helps right yes i believe prayer is important yes i believe prayer can most definitely help relationships yes when we things are really tough yes i believe prayer like is paramount but if we just pray and and just think well i'm just going to pray and then i'll just neglect anything else i'm not going to worry about it we're selling ourselves short these guys these guys can't perform just on prayer alone Right? They also prepare. They also prepare. They also train like you know elite athletes, ridiculous amounts, and, and tune their bodies ridiculously to to be able to perform at that level. Right? Is prayer just enough? I'm not trying to downplay prayer. Of course, prayer is so important. But the myth that you know what, when I stand up at the front and I say I do, that's enough. I think there's more to it. I think there's more that we need to do. It's not just a promise because I could promise that I would be an elite athlete. I, let's say if I wanted to play NRL, I wanted to play footy at an elite level, I could sit in the stands all day long and promise that I could give my best effort and promise that I could be, I will do really well and promise I will try really hard and promise that I could be as, you know, as good as anyone else, but I could run out on the field and haven't, and I would just be a blubbering mess in the first 33 seconds and probably end up on a stretcher and carted off to hospital. All right, like, it's not enough just to make a promise. There also needs to be some preparation uh, in there. Athletes don't promise, they prepare. Saying I do only makes you accountable, not capable. All right? And that's a good thing, accountability is a good thing, but it makes you accountable, not capable. And let's face it, you can become accountable and capable, but if you come, if, you be, if you're accountable, hang on, I'll get my words right here, but not capable, you become miserable. If you don't put the preparation in, if you don't try and work hard on your relationship, if you, be, you can say, I do, but if you're not really good at it, it's just like, you can miss it, right? So, we're going to move on. So, that's sort of a little bit about those first two myths that we tried to bust, but they're really important to understand because that's our platform that we're going to just bounce off today, just for a little bit here uh, this morning, right? This is what Jesus said. And this is where we want to move into our relationships. Jesus said this, this is a commit, uh, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. And he said this in John 15, talking to his disciples. He said, what I want you to do, I want you to love each other. Now, he wasn't talking romantic relationships here, but it's relationships generally, I believe his principle is just the same uh, for that as it is for this. He says, this is how I want you to love. I want you to love just as I have loved you. And when you think about how Jesus loved, like, he loved so, like, he loved them where they were at, so, so much. Like, he didn't expect them to be anything different. He, he reached down as they were, and he loved them as they were. And, and he was, um, yeah, he, he loved them, like, in ways that I guess we could never, we could never really understand. Uh, so, so we're going to look at we're going to look at this from I guess from this perspective. Jesus' command is this: love each other as I have loved you, not as someone else has loved you, not as how you've seen it on TV, not as how it's been modelled by your parents, as good as or bad as that might have been, not as how your social expectations might be, but love each other. Jesus says, as I have loved you, unconditionally, helping them, like loving them, like trying to lift them up, 
rather than and trying to give them something rather than trying to take something out of the relationship it's all about putting it in and it's all about the other person that's a relationship love um so i think you know because quite often when we when we look at as we sort of say didn't start when we look at relationships you can see like it's not too hard to see someone else's unhealthy relationship now my guess is it's not to not put your hand up but if i asked you to put your hand up don't put your hand up but if i asked you to put your hand up and if you said have you ever seen an unhealthy relationship <laughs> all right it's not too hard to see but how come how come people can't see it in the mirror how come people can't see there's an unhealthy relationship particularly like in the dating game uh you know or when people start getting together you're like why why are they together like you know that's just never gonna work couple of weeks later or whatever it's all over um, and it's like that was never good but in the mirror right because there's emotions involved because there's all this other stuff going on and you're just like oh yeah but whatever like you know they're just like you know it's probably a bit like when Sarah and I got you know together it's just, she's just so beautiful like you know that's just what it was oh, that doesn't matter um uh-huh. uh, so but you know what I'm saying is there's lots of emotions and there's lots of different factors that that come into play and and it's, it's very difficult to see unhealthy relationships in the mirror, but you can see it from the outside. You can see it from the outside looking in. And, and I guess because of that, there's probably a few things, and we're going to go through them, that a few little indicators that we can look at from a biblical perspective, and we're going to go into 1 Corinthians where Paul wrote. And, and Paul is basically giving some practical applications of this is, how it, this is how it looks. And then we can apply that to our own relationships. And again, it doesn't matter whether you're never dated before, doesn't matter whether you wish you could date, doesn't matter whether you are dating or engaged or been married, married for many, many years. Uh, there's something, maybe I could be the one that's better. Maybe I could be the one that could improve my life first. Because, and if you're, if you're not married yet, what you do now, you will bring into a marriage relationship. It will not just all of a sudden become right. You will bring in those bad things. So the dating game is a bit like practice for what will happen in the future. In fact, for those who are married, we all know, right? People, when they are dating or before they date, when they're dating, that's when you're on your best behaviour. It's not until really you're married or a little bit after you're married when the real you comes out. That's true, right? They're laughing because it's true. So true. All right. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4 and 5, we're going to go through this. This is, this is a bit of like the advice that Paul's giving you and he's talking about what love really looks like. Ready? And so we're going to just quickly go through some of this. Um, love is patient. The first thing Paul says is love is patient. Put this into a context of a, of a, of a romantic relationship. Love is patient. How many times have you seen or, or, or know of a relationship where one person is much less patient, patient than the other? You know, it might be all types, like let's be honest, it might be all types of pressure that comes into that relationship you know quickly let's get married you know why haven't you asked me yet or it might be to do with sex it might be to do with other types of things within the relationship I wish you would or have why haven't you yet you know and there's these pressures that come into play but if you think about it whenever that pressure exists it exists because it's what I want it's because it exists because it's what I want to take out of this not what I'm willing to give and if and if love is patient it's not pushy. Love doesn't push my desires, my wishes, the things that I dream of onto you. What I'm giving to you is your time and it's allowing you 
the other person to, you know, to move along at their own pace. Think about God's love for us. I want you to love as I have loved you. Think about what God did for us. How many people here could say, um, let's say particularly those people who, don't put your hand up again, but just think in your own mind, if you've got to know God, you know, maybe a bit later in life or whatever, that, that you know, someone told you about Jesus and you're like, yes, I'm in, you know, overnight, straight away. It doesn't happen, right? Usually it's a, it's a, it's a process. God allows us to move in our relationship with Him at, at our pace. We don't have to go, all right, you've got, you know, 25 minutes to work this out and we want, it, we want, we want a commitment by the end, all right? Some people will take years to make decisions for Christ and that's how God says, it's your pace, <laughs> you, work, you work through at your pace. If we're pushing the other person, it's not about them, it's not, about, it's not a healthy relationship, it's just about, hey, I want what I want and I need it, I need it now. That's not healthy. Pressure shouldn't exist in a relationship. God works at our pace in, our, in the relationship with God. And I think it's a great model that we should be able to work at the pace of the other person. Love is patient. Sometimes we're going to need to slow down. Sometimes we're going to need to just press forward if we're in that relationship. And the other person's like, no, no, this is going a little too fast in whatever arena of that relationship. Sometimes we're going to need to slow down. Love is patient. And you see, love... And I guess this is the whole point of what we're trying to get through today, and we're going to give a few practical little tips here, and this is just one of them. But it, love is a bit like a, like, like a physical muscle, where you gotta, if you exercise it, it'll start to grow. If you, if you put it into practice, if you work on it, if you're intentional, you'll get better at it. If you don't, it'll wither and die, basically, and it'll be useless if you don't use it at all. Very similar. And these, these few things we're going to use here, love is patience. If you never even care about patience, if you never try, then you're never going to get any better. It's not just going to happen overnight. You're not just going to all of a sudden wake up, you know, the day I say I do, and just go, oh, now I'm patient. <laughs> How good's that? Uh, in fact, you're probably going to get worse. Love is patient. Is kind. Now, sometimes we might think of, of kindness as, as nearly a weakness, um, particularly maybe for blokes. This is probably something, I don't, I don't know, projects onto blokes but but you know like this whole kindness this whole being you know really empathetic to people who are around um but really why god gave us kindness it's not weakness on behalf of the person offering the kindness but really when someone is in need you're offering your strength to their weakness and if you stick this into a relationship perspective it's not about putting someone down who is weak what it's all about is like you know what, well, if I am strong, then I'm going to lend that strength to the other person and I'm going to do whatever it takes to build that other person up. It's not about putting them down because they're not as good as you. Uh, look, I'll be honest, I've been guilty of that like over and over again, uh, where it's just like, come on, don't you get it? You know, like, or why can't you or whatever? Thanks, Eric. Uh, but like, but it's that, you know what, we're in a relationship and together we can build each other up together if we can actually, like, like, you know, stack stack the goodness together, you both are going to be better than you could be by yourself. But you see, there is no doubt, and I've, I've been guilty of it, where someone will tear the other person down because, maybe not in public, but, you know, just because it's like, oh, why can't you do this? Or why don't you surely, you know, all those sort of things. Together. 
to build each other up, to lend each other the strength that you have so that you can build that relationship. Love is kind. Love offers the strength of one person to give to the other, to build each other up. Jesus came, <laughs> Jesus came from heaven like with ultimate strength. He didn't use that strength for his own good. He didn't, he did not, and by the way, she talked about it, he did not, he did not like use it for his power. He did not use his power for his own gain. What he used his power for was healing the people, right? He healed the sick. He spoke to them. He, he spoke life into people. He built each other up. He said, he's on the cross. And even the thief said, no, you think you're the son of God? You know, call the, heaven, the angels down to heaven, get us off here. He didn't use his power for his own gain. What he did in the relationship was he always used his power to help others. And how good's that? Think about that. If we could actually pull that off, like, that's awesome. To think about, right, this is my strength. I can add that to the relationship and together we're better. And the other person can do the same. Love is patient. Love is kind. What is your go-to in weakness, if you're being really honest? What is your go-to when your partner or the person that you're dating or married to like just being honest little i guess check little reality check questions all right here's three in a row here ready it says so love is patient love is kind it does not envy boast and is not proud okay sort of three in a row here that are, that are very similar right say love is not envious it is not boastful it is not proud see quite often and here's the problem, and, and again, without naming names, don't put hands up, but you have, you probably, most of us have seen people in a relationship of whatever description, you know, young, like, you know, high school students dating to, to someone seriously dating and engaged to being married for a very long time. We've all seen relationships where there's been a partner who just can't seem to let the other person shine. That they seem like they always have to be in the limelight and and if and if their partner is like is given some sort of accolades they sort of have to quickly get beside them and go here i am as well because they sort of get envious of the other person and the and in here paul is saying love is not envious it's not jealous of the other person because if you're trying to build the other person up then of course you wouldn't be jealous of that you'd actually be quite proud of that, proud of the other person, not proud of yourself, but proud of the other person. So it says love is not envious, it's not jealous, it's not like when the other person is achieving, it's like, yes. Love is not boast, it is not proud. It's building, it's not proud of yourself, it's building the other person up. And let's be a little bit honest too, like, and I know both women and blokes do this, and in a negative way, stand around, sit around, around at lunchtime, around the lunchroom at work or over coffee, whatever, and start whinging about their husbands or about their wives. Like, that's what that is. Like, it's like, they're not building up, they're dragging down. And that's a really unhealthy thing. But it says here, that's not what love is. Love's not envious, love doesn't try and drag down, love doesn't boast, it's not proud. Love builds up. This is what Jesus did for us. Jesus, who was, this comes out of um, 
based on Philippians 2, it says, Jesus, who was in the nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage. Instead, he took the form of a servant. That's humility. That's the opposite of boasting, of being proud. Jesus was, not, Jesus was in the nature of God. He was God himself, did not consider equality. He wasn't worried about being ashamed. He was lifting the other person up. Did not consider equality something to be used for his own advantage, but instead he took the form of a servant. Love is not envious, does not boast, is not proud. And the final point that I want to make this morning is it does not dishonour others. Love does not dishonour. In the opposite of that is love is honourable. Love honours the other partner. Love lifts up the other person. Jesus, well, Paul in Philippians talks about in humility, Jesus in humility valued other person, other people above himself. In, in humility values others above yourself. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it's not proud, and it is not dishonour. If you can put that into a relationship, put that into a romantic relationship, now of course we're not all perfect, we're not going to get it all right every single time, all that sort of stuff. When you start putting some of those things into practice, how good? How good? If you start living, and I love, and I love um, in Ephesians, it talks about, Paul talks about, Ephesians 5, I think it is, talks about, you know, not just, like there's three types, and I talked a little bit about this in chapel this week actually, three types of love, there's the, the love that's all about me and just like get what I can whenever I can and we see relationships like that, right, where people are just trying to get, get what they can at all times. And then there's that compromise type of, that's first one, second one's a compromise type of relationship where it's like all about negotiation and 50-50 and that's okay, right, that's probably, that's a lot better than the first one but really great relationships, really good relationships are one when each person lives 100% for the other because that's the sort of love that God gave us. That's the love that Jesus demonstrated. Love as I loved you. That's what he did. He came from heaven and gave 100% of himself to humans for us. He was God himself and gave 100%. All of himself died on a cross, like 100%. Living 50-50, that's better than nothing, but it's nowhere near as good as if each individual can live 100%. 100%, how can I build you up? 100%, how can I, how can I give you what you would like? 100%, how can I honour you? How can I respect you? I would like, I guess, if we could be better at relationships, like I said, if we could start to put in some of this, you know, like when, like I'll bring it back to chaplaincy, like it's, it's, and look, stuff happens, you know, like different, different scenarios, and, but there is no greater joy than having a really great relationship. It's, it's, you know, and, and family around chaplaincy, we also see, you know, kids that, that, that do struggle, that go through things, that go through tough times in broken relationships. And, and, and it has to be one of the, you know, a big thing it's a pretty it's a pretty hurtful thing but if we could get it right if we could start working on that ourselves then we're gonna not only have a better life but be better at life and be 
enjoy life ourselves, but also be a bit of a light for those around us that go, do you know, there's something different about them. It's because we're following the way, the model that God gave us. I'm going to ask the, the band to uh, come back up now. And we're going to finish up with one more song. But I would challenge you this week uh, to think about it and even go back and read 1 Corinthians 13, the first uh, verse 4. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit more about the rest of that, those verses next week. Uh, Sarah's going to speak to us. Um, but to challenge you guys to, to think about that and to, um, yeah, like I say, go back and why do this better. How can I, sorry about that, how can I, through that, through that experience, uh, through those words, how can I be better at life? Thanks, guys.